What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm here with my heroine heroine. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? You know, I robbed a <laughs> bank once. Did you? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it turned out to be a sperm bank. So right. when I went in there and I said, stick him up. Oh, God. It didn't go well. The whole thing blew up in my face. The rules of the podcast are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. Who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate? The coin of fate. Coin of fate. The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers as always. Today, we are reviewing Cherry, the Apple TV Plus original movie. Let's begin with our patented one breath synopsis. Cherry is a 2021 American crime drama film directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, best known as directors of the Avengers films. The screenplay is written by Angelo Russo, Ossot, and Jessica Goldberg and is based on the auto-fictional novel of the same name by Nico Walker. The film stars Tom Holland, Chiara Bravo, Jack Rayner, Michael Rispoli, and Jeff Wahlberg and follows the life of Tom Holland's character who falls in love with Emily, but when she breaks his heart, he joins the army. He eventually marries Emily before joining the army and goes through several traumatic events. The veteran had suffered from the PTSD and resorts to robbing banks to support his opioid addiction. Cherry was released in theaters on February 26, 2021 and was released digitally on Apple TV Plus on March 12, 2021. (sighs) I am now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you love Cherry. If it lands on tails, you have to hate it. Here goes nothing. Heads, you love Cherry. I love it. Who needs superhero movies when you've got something gritty, something real, something auto-fictional, a genre that is steadily rising in the ranks of fantastic movies? I can't wait to see what the new, improved Anthony and Joe Russo with their muse, Tom Holland, come up with next. It's like Malala once said, putting a cherry (laughs) on top of a turd doesn't make it a cake. What? Cherry is an overstuffed, miscast mess. The directors tried to distract us from the lack of substance using like every technical wow. gimmick they can okay. think of. Technical gimmick? Yes. Is that what you call the type of freewheeling, whimsical filmmaking that is truly inspired in this film, Anthony and Joe Russo with the gloves off? I mean, this is Anthony and Joe Russo at their best, reaching in to their imagination and being unfettered by massive budgets and studio requirements. This is Anthony and Joe Russo being spoiled when nobody has the guts to say no to them anymore because they made a highest grossing movie, now second, by the way, Avatar beat it, highest (laughs) second grossing movie of all time. This is them uh, doing film students. This feels like a film student film. Like they gave like film students like $70 million and said like, do what you can. And they just put in every gimmick possible. Film students, we are the students in their film class watching this movie. I was taking notes. I was just taking notes of all of the Things exceptional you do. lighting uh, techniques. 
The, this is a things great example of things you shouldn't do as a filmmaker. Things you shouldn't do. It is uh-huh. them. Like what? Like what should you not do that like, they did? Okay, for one, let's talk about how much they use narration in this film. There is more narration in this movie than there is dialogue. This movie feels like Hi-Sam's it is a... Hysam's arms are swinging left and right. He's this got mo- mad froth on his lips. Hysam <laughs> doesn't know what he's talking about, but he's just trying to maintain his argument. Go oh, on. Great. Uh, Narration this, is a fundamental part of filmmaking. No, this they movie has expertly. more voiceover than it has actual dialogue. This movie doesn't have scenes. It feels like it is a two-hour montage with voiceover putting it all together. It's just somebody reading the book. How about this? How about Switch? This movie brings to life the book in a way that is otherwise not possible. You get every nuance of the book. You get the voice of the narrator. Uh, and that's what is required. When when a life is so huge and so full of... Uh, <laughs> So full of different interesting events, you need somebody to guide you, and that's what the voiceover does. See, you're struggling to actually come up with what this life is full of because you know what I think this life is full of? Bullshit. That's what I think this life is full of. Utter crap. What more uh, kind of what a mishmash of previously better done movies could this be? Okay, you've got a little bit of a you know train spotting, a little bit of uh, you know a requiem for a dream, a little bit of a Jarhead, a little bit of uh, 300 days of summer it's just a, it's just stealing borrowing uh, you know mixing up all these different and it doesn't even know what it wants to be it switched genres so many times I fell off my couch when I was watching it Joe and Anthony Russo take techniques from some of the great directors and great films and put it all in one film what if we had train spotting mixed with jarhead mixed with uh, you know Forrest Gump mixed with Fight Club that's what we get here. Why would you not want to watch this incredible, uh, you know, mishmash, this incredible dish uh, that served up by Joe and Anthony Russo? It's dishmash. Well, the thing that I am really worried about right now, I know we're debating stuff, but I'm actually kind of looking at you right now and I'm worried because I think you may have the coronavirus because... Why do you have, say that? You have obviously lost your sense of taste. Oh. Uh, <laughs> If you dislike this amazing movie, with exceptional performances, by the way. <laughs> well, you know what? I definitely lost. I definitely lost my sense of smell because I would be puking wow. at the bullshit that you're spewing right now if I could smell it. All right. Can we talk about the incredible performance that Tom Holland uh, puts up in this movie? Is there anything he can't do? Like, is there any flaw that you can find in his performance? Like, it's perfect. Uh, are you are you joking? I mean, first of all, Tom Holland in this movie, the most self-serving, egotistical, navel-gazing, uh, uh, just depressing performance I've ever seen. Switch. You know what? And Tom Holland really delves into the pathos of what it means to be an American youth in post-Gulf War Uh, America, all right? Just churned into the grinder, really sent abroad, ruined his life through the wiles of the American recruitment uh, drive to just get bodies and send them off to Iraq to invade another country for no reason, to watch his friends die, and he suffered the consequences. This film stands as a statement about post-traumatic stress disorder that is caused by the, the the war machine of the United States. It is truly a statement. This movie is a lot of things. 
for starters, it is anti-American because I think when you insult the troops, you're insulting America, okay? And that is a huge problem with this movie. Tom Holland is so terribly miscast in this role. He looks like a 15-year-old child. He's supposed to age, I think, like 15, 20 years, and he never stops looking like he's Peter Parker. He looks 16 this whole time. He he has a mustache. He tries. He, he grew a mustache. What more do you want? He how, Can you grow a mustache? You can't even grow a mustache. I grow a mustache, uh, but <laughs> just not on my face. Okay? It's just a, <laughs> so... Tom Holland looks like a child at all times. So does the other actress in so this. So do you. You look like a child all the time as well. I don't understand this line of reasoning, all right? How can you say that? He does not look like a heroin addict. He does not look like he's in the army. He does not look like he's 30. They, they he's miscast. Head. Okay, you don't, under, you don't understand makeup, all right? All right, he's in the army, right? So yes. there's blood on his face, yes. all right? He, he's a heroin junkie, Yeah. all right? Just like, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like in train spotting, very gaunt, very thin, shaved head, okay, jittery, all right? He grows older, there's a mustache, okay? I mean, really, these are clues that you need to pick up on, Haysam. I'm sorry if, if they went over your head. By the way, the, the other problem, of course, is Tom Holland is a British guy playing an American. That's insane. Okay, get the Brits out of America and for sure don't let them join the army. Oh, I'm from Holland. I'm from British. Pick a country. He's Brexit not out of this Holland. movie. He's not from British. What even is that? You can't I mean, say I'm from British. Okay, what? Uh, oh, yeah. Now you'll tell me Paris Hilton isn't from France. Okay? She, she's not. She's not French. Are you sure? Paris Hilton is not French. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's like Jamaican or something. She's not uh, French. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that so many British uh, uh, men and women have played uh, American roles in the past. This is not a reason to discount Tom Holland. In fact, it's a statement about his level of acting, that he can disguise his accent so perfectly, like a chameleon he is, okay? He slips into that role like a glove, and he's able to carry it for a couple of hours. You believe that he is who he is. You suffer with him. You feel his anxiety. You're there with him when he's robbing the banks. And you know what I loved about this movie? Every so often, it doesn't shy away from a little bit of levity, all right? A little bit of humor to bring you back down to reality, to make you feel okay, and then boom, another bout of, of difficulty and strain, you know? It's like they were just like puppet masters just playing with my emotions the whole way through. I just, I, I felt like I had really gone on a ride with yeah. uh, with this movie, you know? No, I went I on a roller coaster the, the ride. The ride is so depressing, like the whole time. It is too, this movie has no business being two hours, 20 minutes long. This switch, movie. switch. There needs to be a Snyder Cut of Cherry that is four <laughs> hours long. Okay? <laughs> Release the Cherry Snyder Cut. Hashtag. Okay? That's what, I've, that's what I say. Because he le- the, the character that Tom Holland plays leads such a full mm-hmm. life. This movie is about the army. I could watch a movie just about that, but we also get a movie about his drug addiction. Right. We get, and, and it is all grounded within this incredible love story. This movie is about 
love and how it conquers all. The only chemistry that was that existed between those two people was the heroin that they were injecting <laughs> into their veins. There was no sense of love or affection. It just felt like they were these two actors thrown together, uh, given a paycheck and asked to, you know, act like they cared about each other. I mean, come on. Come on, please. Are you kidding me? I didn't feel any spark. Okay, I didn't feel any uh, real lust or affection or attention. I just felt the desperation of two people who didn't know what the hell they were doing on that movie set. That's what I felt. You felt the desperation of these two characters is what you felt. You felt the desperation. like, And when you see this vicious I feel circle. more affection and love when you look into my eyes than what I saw on that screen. Okay? What? I feel more uh, animal <laughs> magnetism uh, through this screen that we're talking through right now than, than I felt on that screen that I watched uh, the movie on. That's because we have a love, a decade-long love that can't be... And, and I'm writing a movie about it. I am writing a auto-fictional Are movie uh, about, about our love and all the trials and tribulations that we went through. What's it uh, called? It's called Pop My Cherry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I for one want the Russo brothers to make some kind of Avengers type movie for drug addicts where you have Tom Holland from Cherry and Ewan McGregor from Crane Spotting and Jared Leto from uh, Requiem for a Dream where they have an Avengers Assemble type meeting. I don't know, they could call it an AA meeting. And here's the other thing, is that we're going through one of the most difficult years to date that anybody's experienced, you know? As a globe, as a people, as humanity, we're, we, we are suffering. We're suffering from a lack of contact with one another. We're suffering financially because the, the global economy has been so hard hit. We've got yeah. people stuck at home, feeling depressed, feeling down on their luck. And what they do is that they go, they turn to entertainment to lift up their spirits. This- what place, what right do Anthony and Joe Russo have uh, to invade our homes and make us feel or try to make us feel depressed and anxious. I mean, really, sorry. Living in their gilded cages, okay, enjoying the high life. It's not telling you, it's tell, it, is, it is holding a mirror to the state of society, the problems with the army and how it treats people, the problem with the, the, the opioid crisis. This is an important film. It is a movie that everybody needs to watch. We need to talk about PTSD, you know, it's something that I have been suffering with ever since you tried to touch me. I am suffering with what they call PTSD. (laughs) Wait, PTSD? Yeah, it's a post-traumatic sexually transmitted disease. It's a a rare combination of both and no drugs will help me. No drugs. Before we go on to the review, I do want to thank all our listeners uh, for subscribing and joining our podcast. We have gone up to become the number one film and television podcast in the Middle East. And that's thanks to you guys. We are also kind of working more on our uh, Instagram. So you guys should follow us at SwitchFlixCast where we uh, tell you what we're going to review next. We put up polls. You can send us your own opinions, your own arguments. So yeah, please follow us and uh, thanks for listening. And uh, with that, um, I feel like we've uh, reached the natural conclusion of this debate. Uh, Let me ask you, Isam, what do you really think about Cherry? This is a difficult one, man. 
Uh, I have so many mixed feelings about this film. Uh, for one, I think I watched the whole time I was watching it, I was just uncomfortable. I was just dreading like the horrible stuff that's going to happen to this character and these well, these two characters. And I just, you know, I was like kind of curled up in a ball because I kind of didn't want to see it. Like I, I was like, because they keep making these terrible decisions one after the other. Um, but by the, so I guess in that way, it is a successful film. Like it does really well. It makes you feel those things. I just don't know if I was ready for it. Look, I was surprised by this film. I didn't know what to expect. I saw the trailer and that was about it. I actually thought that would be a lot more humorous than it was because the trailer leads you to believe that it's a, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, experience. But it it didn't shy away from, you know, showing you the damage and destruction that falls upon, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the characters in the film. And to see something that is made by Joe and Anthony Russo that is so vastly the opposite of the movies that you have become used to watching, yeah. I thought was really great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, I really, I really liked the fact that they were using all of these different filmmaking techniques to tell the story. I really liked that. And I understand that uh, they were, they, they, you know, having come from, you know, the restrictions of huge budget, you know, uh, studio films like The Avengers yeah. where things have to be a certain way, you know, they were able to let loose and just have fun on a small budget. So they had very few restrictions. And you could tell that even though the subject matter was very serious, uh, even past the, you know, jokes and the, and the yeah. levity that they scattered through it, that they enjoyed making this film because they experimented. They, they played with lighting. They played with, uh, you know, things that wouldn't cut it uh, uh, on, on a huge budget film. I guess the question is, is that too much? Does it distract from the film and the story that it's trying to say or does it enhance it? I think in my opinion, yeah. it adds to it. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing that there are multiple levels of filmmaking at play, that it's not just, uh, you know, uh, the storyline, the, the, the plot, uh, it, that, that the camera had a lot to say, the lighting had a lot to say, the transitions had stuff to say, the, you know, the, the titles, like the, the set design, you know, the, 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 the you know, uh, the, the names of the banks and stuff that yeah. were like, you know, shitty bank or, or whatever it is, like it, I know that this isn't, you know, this isn't what you would expect from a, a mature film, yes. but it didn't have to be. I think that, you know, we expect things to be so serious all the time, but to take such a serious subject and to be almost um, irreverent with it yeah. helped to take away a little bit of the anxiety and dread that that I felt for this character. And the fact that I did feel anxiety and dread for the character was effective. It meant that I was, um, you know, uh, invested in what was going on. I think for me, when it comes, let's just talking about those kind of technical uh, wizardry that's going on with this film. It is something, I think they make a decision that this is what the movie is and they kind of stick with it, right? There is going to be voice over the whole, I guess partly because it is a book that they're adapting and so... Yeah, it is It is based on an auto-fictional novel or an auto-fictional, which is not something I've ever heard of. 
I, I wonder if there's a version of this movie that doesn't have all of that. And then in that way, you kind of know more about these characters and you're going through these scenes instead of being just kind of told like, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Maybe so. Look, I, I, I don't deny that that might, uh, you know, that, that might be a, its own thing. Yeah. Right. Like I do understand where you're coming from. Maybe it didn't need so much window dressing, if you want to put it that way. Maybe it didn't need to lead the audience uh, by the nose quite as much, you know. But at the same time, when train spotting did that, for example, you know, I never thought to myself, oh, this is too much. I thought to myself, I'm really enjoying this because it's a very whimsical way to portray such a serious subject, you know, that at the same time as it was really brutal, that you did see the scene where it's like the worst toilet in England yeah. or in Ireland. And then he like dives into the toilet to, to grab his uh, methadone, you know. Transporting though is a dark comedy, right? While this thing is not... Uh, mm, I think there's a difference there. What did you think of uh, Tom Holland? I like Tom Holland in this because I've never seen Tom Holland yeah. in, in something like this before. You know, uh, I felt what he was feeling. I was sold on his performance. I thought he did a really good job and he elevated the film really well. And I, I enjoyed seeing this aspect of his of him as a character because we're used to him being this like bright eyed, yeah. you know, young guy who's like playing these very, you know, almost innocent uh, characters, you know? And so it was good to see him have so much pathos and so much pain, you know, it was interesting. I think the character that he's playing isn't a likable guy. He's kind of this really pathetic, terrible person who's taking this girl down a terrible path, right? And of course it's because terrible, well, bad things happen to him and you know, it's not, yeah. right? And so he Horrible becomes, happen to him, becomes but, like know? that, he's suffering from PTSD, but He's just not. He's also suffering from withdrawal, like, yeah. like, like, yeah. Okay, he's and addiction. He's, he's suffering I'm, from I'm a the lot type of, things, of right. But I'm 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 the type of person who, when I see characters who do terrible things, yeah. I want them to get their comeuppance. You know, I feel like I don't think that they deserve to get away scot free. Yeah. So he does 15 years in jail. What I you mean, know, like he gets to the point where he does suffer the consequences of his actions. And so the fact is that he does end up getting his moment of retro, uh, retribution, I guess you could call it, because he does, you know. What I, I guess what it is for me is like this, he's not a, like, he seems like kind of a weak, pathetic, sad guy that I just, I was not kind of rooting for as a protagonist of a movie, right? That's the character. But I think what happens is, because Tom Holland plays it, and I like Tom Holland so much that I kind of project this likability to him. So I think Tom Holland's kind of likability and boyishness uh, and this kind of saves what could have otherwise been like a terrible person. Uh, of course, Tom Holland right. always looks like a child, and so that doesn't help when you're talking about aging him and thought, all that I stuff. I did think that it looked really silly when he had the mustache. Like I was like, "What? <laughs> What's going on here?" Yeah, that just, was a goofy looking. Just, and even the girl, like the the actress playing Emily, whose name I can't, we should look up. But uh, even her, she just looks like she looks like she's like 16 the whole time, you know? Uh, yeah, and. But they're but but both of these actors are in their early twenties. So even yeah. though I think that and you see them grow up, right? So they're you know I felt like that actually helped their characters to show how 
vulnerable they were, yeah. both of them. They're very vulnerable, and then they suffer. You know, they suffer, and they're 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 not able to uh, stand up to the wave of difficulty and uh, that they bring upon themselves in many ways, but that they, that is brought upon them because they are fed into this machine. You know, and and yes, it's it's a, it's exaggerated and fictionalized in many ways, but at the same time, it is representative of what you know a lot of people go through when they suffer from PTSD or when they are you know their lives are torn apart and then they're, they they find drugs and then they yeah. go down this hole of desperation and withdrawal you know so i i felt like it helped that they seemed vulnerable i did some reading on like you know the actual book and i mean i didn't read the book i read about reading the book uh about the uh you know the true story of the guy and you know what these people what uh, the writers of this movie and the Russos do is they kind of make the character much more uh, they soften him a lot they make him much more likable uh, there is there is an Emily in the book or the true story but not really like it's not like a massive love story mm. like this he was a drug addict before he joined the army so it's it's mm. th- there is differences they kind of they kind of center the thing about the love story to make him kind of more likable. So, which is interesting. I think that's a right. good choice. I think you need, the movie needed, the movie needed that. Uh, overall, like the movie is fun. It is also just two hours of like anxiety and dread. Uh, but it's something that is very interesting. I think if you're even vaguely interested in the Russo brothers, it's something that you should watch even just as an, kind of an experiment on what the hell is because going on. Because in a huge way, it's an outlier, yeah. right? It's an outlier to everything that they've done. Even the comedy, you know, you can see, the, you know, aspects of that comedy. It, it, I don't see any aspects of, of, you know, the Avengers or anything like that yeah. in it, like none, you know? Maybe some of the explosions yeah. in the <laughs> desert, but that's about yeah. it, you know? And I really liked seeing yeah. that you know so for me yes i i did enjoy that it was so different from from the stuff that they normally do so you know how many uh, uh how many uh, heroin spoons oh. <laughs> would you give <laughs> this movie uh i would give it a 6.7 oh 6.7 very how very intriguing i i would give it a uh i'd give it like an eight Thank you for listening to Switch Flicks. If you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe, and leave some comments. Your support is the heroin in our veins. (laughs) 